Let's just pray and get into the message this morning. Father God, I thank you so much for today. God, I thank you for what you've already done today, God, in this church. Lord, I know you're going to do it again. Lord, I know that you're going to do it again. And we thank you for that, God. I thank you those, for those that are in here uh, in this service. I thank you for those watching online today, God. I pray that you would reach down and you would touch their hearts, that you'd open their ears to hear, God. I pray that you would open my mouth to speak your words. And, Lord, that you would minister and you do the thing that only you can do, God. We thank you for that, God. Holy Spirit, speak to everyone today. We love you. We thank you, God. Help us just to realize and understand how good you are and how much of a plan that you have for our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're, we're, today is the last day of our 21 days of prayer. Uh, please keep praying. After today, don't stop because we stopped, right? But you can still pray. Uh, so we've been doing 21 days of prayer and fasting, and we really wanted to see four areas of our life be changed during this 21 days of prayer. The first thing is, you know, when you pray, you just connect with God, right? And so we pray to connect with God. So the first thing is we really wanted to get a deeper relationship with God, and the second thing a lot of us were praying for is just direction. This year has really, you know, just thrown every calendar thing off, and we have no, no direction moving into 2021. And, and so as a church, we prayed for direction for this church moving forward. Also in our personal lives, moving forward to 2021, what does God want us to do? Where does he want us to take us? Uh, where does he want us to go? And so we were praying that direction. Also, we were praying for just areas in our life that are full of bondage, areas in our life that we need freedom in. There's, there are people in our life that we know need freedom, freedom from addictions, freedom from things uh, that they just need to get free from. We've been praying that direction. And the last thing we were praying for specifically was uh, for God to intervene, for God to do a miracle, not just within our country, but in our own lives and the lives of the people around us, for God to heal marriages, for God to, to bring things back together, for God to intervene and step in. And for a lot of you, man, you've, when you met with God, it was like you were connected with God. You felt like he was right there. Your relationship with God is even stronger than it was before. And some of you, man, you've got that breakthrough moment, and, and you've seen God move, and, and that addiction or that thing that you're needing freedom from is gone, and you, and you walk in that freedom. And for some of you, man, you've got direction. You already got your calendar planned out for the whole year next year because, man, this is what God's going to do this year. I know exactly what he's going to do and what he wants me to do in the next year. And some of you, man, you've been, you've been praying for intervention and God stepped in and did a miracle. But there isn't some of us. Man, you didn't get anything. You prayed for 21 days. You fasted even. And you're like, God, I have no direction. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do moving forward. God, I didn't get anything. Lord, actually, I don't feel... Uh, I don't, you didn't intervene. You didn't take care of the thing we were praying about. God, in fact, that thing's actually gotten worse. Have you ever been praying that way? And you're like, God, I need you to work in this area. And then instead of it staying the same, it just tends to get worse. Nobody? I guess I'm the only one, man. I guess I need to go back to praying or something. And then, you know, you, you, want, you want to get free from something, but yet that temptation keeps coming up and you keep falling back in, keep falling back in, keep falling back in. And you're like, God, is this ever going to end? Is this ever, are you ever going to answer my prayer? And, and not only that, you've been praying to get reconnected with God, but in your prayer time, you feel even farther away from God than you did when we started. And now you're like, man, I'm never doing the 21 days of prayer again, ever again. It can be discouraging for us. It can be very discouraging for us to pray and pray and pray and don't see any results from our prayers. 
for God to not answer our desires, for God to not answer the prayers that we pray, for God to not do a miracle when we've asked him to do a miracle over and over again. It can be discouraging, it can be disheartening. We can be tempted to fall. We can be tempted to walk away from Jesus. We can be tempted to walk away from our faith. And we can be tempted to downright run away from God and to give up on him or to at least think that God doesn't care about me and so I'm not going to pray anymore. I don't know about you, but I feel that way sometimes. Sometimes I pray and I just feel like God's not answering or God doesn't care. It's so easy to feel that way when God's not doing the thing that you think he should do. It can be difficult. It can be hard. Jesus himself prayed, and God didn't give him exactly what he wanted. Jesus himself prayed. He he had a different desire. He had a different outcome that he wanted to do, but God didn't do it the way that Jesus prayed. In the garden, Jesus was praying for God to take away the cup. We're going to read this passage in a moment, but he was praying to God, God, if there's any other way that I don't have to go to the cross, if there's any way to save humanity, then please do it any other way. But then he says four words, four of the most powerful and four of the most difficult words that you can ever pray. So if you have your Bibles, you can open to Matthew chapter 26, and it's going to be up on the screen as well. So we're taking this out of the New Living Translation. And I want to share and I want to encourage uh, some of us today, that just because it doesn't seem like God is answering our prayers doesn't mean that he's no less good, that he doesn't care. So Matthew chapter 26, verse 36, or Matthew chapter 26, verse 36 says this. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, sit here while I go over to pray. He takes his disciples. He had just uh, had communion with them. He Goes and he goes to pray. He knows that the next day he's going to be on trial. He's going to be executed. He's going to be hung on the cross. And so he takes Peter and and Zebedee, two sons, James and John, these three guys. And he came. He became anguished and distressed. Have you ever been in anguish and distressed? This morning, were you under anguish and distress? Just getting ready for work, you know, ready for church? And he told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Man, I am in anguish. My soul is crushed. I feel like I just want to lay down and give up. Stay here and keep watch with me. And he went on a little further and he bowed his face to the ground praying, my father, that's exclamation point. I just make sure you're awake too. It is, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want these most four powerful words you can ever say. Your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. And he said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? During this 21 days of fasting and praying, you know, I would come in here at 6 in the morning and I would pray. And many times I just want to fall asleep. And I think I did fall asleep a few times. Praying for an hour is hard. And Jesus is saying, can't you pray for one hour? Come on. And he told Peter, keep watch and pray. Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, 
but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. Your will be done. And when he returned to them again, he found them sleeping again, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time, saying the same thing again. Then he came to the disciples and said, Go ahead and sleep then. Have your rest. But look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's get, go- let's get going. Look, because my betrayer is here. Jesus is in the garden. He knows what he has to do. He's praying, God, if there's any other way, take it away. If I don't have to take this cup of suffering, then, then God, if, if there's any other way, if I don't have to go through this, the Lord, then don't make me go through this. But then he said those four most powerful words. Yet, your will be done. Your will be done. Lord, he's saying, I trust you, Father. I trust you, Father. I know that you have the greater good in mind. I know that my death is going to bring about good. I know that something amazing is going to happen out of it. God, I'm trusting you with the results. That's what we pray when we say your will be done. We're saying, God, I'm going to pray for this, but I'm leaving the results up to you. I'm going to fight for this, but I'm leaving the results up to you. I'm not going to quit, but I'm leaving the results up to you. It's trusting God. It's those four most powerful words you could ever pray, but also the four most difficult words you can ever pray. It's difficult to pray. Your will be done when you're, going in, when you're in pain. It's difficult to pray. Your will be done when you don't understand. It's difficult to pray, period, when you're going through things. We can be tempted. We can be tempted to give up. We can be tempted to fall into temptation. We can be tempted to doubt. We can be tempted to walk away from Christ or walk away from from God and just think that he doesn't care about us. That's why Jesus says, stay watch and pray that you will not be tempted. These disciples were about to go through something very traumatic. Their friend, their savior, and their rabbi is about to be arrested and taken away and beaten and hung on a cross until he was dead. They were about to witness everything that they hoped for be taken away from them. Everything they, they, they had put their, they have left their lives for was going to be destroyed. And Jesus says, you better pray. You better pray because you need to stand against temptation. You need to stand against temptation. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. But it's hard to pray. It's hard to keep up. It's hard to watch. Have you ever been tired? Like these disciples? Are you tired now? (laughs) You know, there's moments in our life where we go through so much. There's things that happen that we don't understand. There's pain in our life. There's circumstances in our life that really just wear us out, that take its toll on us. They kind of add up and accumulate, and I can't say the word, accumulate, thank you. My son's way smarter than me, so accumulate. He got his mama's brains, not mine. Accumulate. Things kind of pile on top of each other, and then eventually it squishes you down, and you don't know what to do, and you're like the disciples, man. You're just, you're tired. You're wore out. You don't think you can go on anymore. You're soul tired. Have you ever been soul tired? It's a tired that just goes beyond 
just the regular, I can sleep it off, tired. It's a tired that gets down deep into your soul and nothing seems to work. Nothing seems to fix it. Nothing seems to, to change it. It's that soul tired that, man, I don't know if I can go on another day. It's where life has beaten you up and things didn't go the way you planned and, and just you have no direction and you don't understand what's going on. You can sleep all day long, but it doesn't help. You can try to do all the right things, but it doesn't help. You're so tired. You're so tired. During this COVID, a few months in, about a month in actually, it's been since forever now, feels like. I was finding myself sleeping, but not, not awake. Like, I was tired all day long. I would sleep and I would eat better. I would do all the things I'm supposed to be doing. I was changing my health, my habits. I was changing the way I ate. I was changing all these things physically, but it wasn't helping. And I thought, well, there's got to be something wrong with me. I got cancer or something. You know, y'all, it's the first thing you see. Or have the worst case of COVID ever. You don't know. And you're just, you're not getting any rest. You're not getting any sleep. You're not feeling any, you can't think straight. And, and you just don't know where to do. You, you hide from everything. You're just in that soul tiredness. You're in that deep state of depression, that deep state of anxiety. And you don't know what to do. And so I do what anybody does. You go to the doctor, right? You go to the doctor, you talk to him. It's like, hey, I think there's something really wrong with me. I'm sleeping, but I'm tired all the time. It's like, well, your vitals are good. I don't, you know, it's like, how's your mental state? I'm like, hey. it's great, doc. He's like, well, I'm going to give you this survey. So, you know, I'll fill it out. And he's like, man, you really. And as I'm answering it, you know, I'm like, man. Some days, you know, I just wish that God would just, just like, God, just take me out of here. You know, it's like, just, I can't wait to be with you. Get the troubles of this world away. And he's like, man, you really, you got, you got some depression. You got some anxiety issues. It's like, I can give you something for that. Like, ah, I really want pills. It's like, well, I'll go and you subscribe it to you or prescribe it to you. And so, you know, I, I went and got it filled and I got the bottle and I stuck it up in the cabinet. And I didn't touch it for months. And I'm like, no, no. I've battled with depression before. This is different. You know, this is just, I'm just tired. I'm not getting enough sleep. I'm not getting enough rest. There's something else. And so I'd pray and I'd pray and I'd pray. I'm like, God, God, I'm so tired. I would, I would lay in bed and say, God, I'm so tired. God, just... Father, just give me a, one good night of rest, that I would wake up and not feel exhausted, that I, it wouldn't have to be a struggle just to get up and to get dressed and to do something. So many decisions that you had to make, especially during this time in COVID. You got to make a decision every day. You got to change on the fly. And it just wore out and it wore on me and wore on me, it accumulated, accumulated, and accumulated and piled up and piled up and piled up. And I just wanted to give up. I was tempted to walk away. I was tempted to give up. And so I prayed, I'm like, God, I don't want to take these pills. <laughs> Lord, I don't want to take these. I, Lord, you, are, you can heal me. I know that you can heal me. I know that you can take away this depression. I know that you can take away this anxiety. God, you just be my antidepressant. That's what I prayed. God, you be my antidepressant. And I'd get on my knees and I would pray and I would... I would 
do all the things, and I would just cry out to God. But nothing changed. Still tired, still exhausted, still didn't want to make any decisions, wanted to give up. Then I finally said, okay, God, if I start taking these, doesn't mean I don't trust you. Doesn't mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stop praying. Doesn't mean I'm giving up on your healing me. But I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna trust you. In those deep moments of our life. And I'm not sharing this to make you feel bad for me. I don't want you to feel bad for me. And, and I know saying this, especially in a, as a pastor position, in a pastor role, it can be very negative. And pastors have been removed from their pulpit for things I've just said. And I'm telling you, mental illness is a real thing. And I'm not saying this so you'll think better of me or worse than me. I'm just sharing my weakness with you. That way you would be encouraged. I'm sharing my weakness with you so that you may understand that God's still a good God, that God still loves you, that God still has a plan for you, that just because you're not getting your prayers answered the way that you think they should doesn't mean that he's not answering your prayers. It doesn't mean that he's not working in the underlying where you don't see we don't see the good in the long term. We don't see the ultimate good that God is doing. We just see the moment. We don't see the everything that's going on. We just see the pain. And it's in those points where it's hard for us to pray. It's in those moments where we want to give up and we're tempted. Romans 8:26 says this, when we're tired, are you tired? When we're so tired, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit's saying, and the Spirit pleads for us, believers, in harmony with God's will. The Spirit is always interceding for us. The Spirit is praying for us. The Spirit is giving us life. Jesus told them, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. This flesh is weak. This flesh is going to fail. This flesh is going to give up. This flesh is going to go through things. It's going to experience anxiety. It's going to experience depression. It's going to experience disease. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And then he says this, because the spirit knows the will of God, because the Spirit's always interceding for us, praying for us, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. Now, this, this sounds great. This scripture sounds great. But when you're in the middle of something and somebody tells you this, how does it make you feel? It doesn't make you feel great. You want to, you know, come here. Let me share my scripture with you. You're going to tell me this is good. God's going to work something good out of this? Is, is that what you're trying to tell me? That I've just got terminal cancer. The doctor said, hey, you're going to die in two months. God's going to work good out of this? 
I just got my divorce papers yesterday. God's going to work good out of this. I got laid off yesterday. God's going to work good out of this. You're telling me in all things, God's going to work to the good? I believe in him. I love him. Then why is this happening? Why is this moment where I'm at? Why? Why? How is their good going to come out of this? But it's in Scripture. And the writer reminds us of how we know, because it says, and we know. It doesn't say we guess or we hope. It says we know that God causes everything to work together for the good, for the greater good. And I want to let you know right now, just because Jesus doesn't, God doesn't answer your, your prayers the way that you want doesn't mean that he's any less good and that he has anything less than our good in mind. And here's how we know in verse 29. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, and that his son would be firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. You're chosen. Do you know that? You're chosen. You should look in the mirror every morning and go, I'm chosen by God. I am chosen by God. Man, that's awesome. I am chosen. And what shall we say? If we're chosen, what shall we say about such wonderful things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, let that sink in for a moment. Jesus prayed, if this cup be taken away from me, he prayed that God would spare him. The Father would spare him. But, but God had our good in mind. He had the greater good in mind. If the Father would not spare his own son, but would walk with him through that, sometimes, I mean every time, God walks through with us in our problems. Just because I didn't feel like he was there in my depression doesn't mean that he wasn't there. Just because I didn't feel like he was there in my anxiety didn't mean that he's not there. Just because right now where you're at, what you're going through, you don't feel like he's there, you don't feel like he's good, he's there. He cares and he's always good. So what shall we say? If he gave us Jesus, won't he also give us everything else? Who dare accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us. And he was raised to life. That's the good. He was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. I'm going to show you a video. And while they do, if I can get Christian just to come up. He died for us. There's something good that came out of it. And right now, this video we're going to show, I just want you to, Picture where you're at and think about where you're at. Maybe you're going through some really hard times right now. Maybe you're going through some moments. We all go through those moments. Think about what Christ did for us.
Think about the ultimate good in all things. You want to play that? We never think that good can come out of things. When Jesus was arrested, the disciples probably said, what good can come out of this? When he was taken from the garden and put in jail, and he faced the Pharisees and the leaders of the law, and they beat him and they mocked him, they must have said, what good can come out of this? What good could possibly come out of this? When they, when they tried him and they took him to Pontius Pilate, when the Romans beat him and whipped him and brought him out in front of the people and he was bloody and beaten, they must have said, what good could come out of this? When they hung Jesus on the cross, they said, what good can come out of this? When he breathed his last and they put him in the tomb, what good can come out of this. But we know. (laughs) We know the greater good came out of that. You know what good came out of that? Jesus came out of that tomb. That's the good. And we are standing here today recipients of his work on the cross. Recipients of him simply saying the four most powerful words 
that you could ever pray, your will be done. God, I'm trusting you. I'm going to put my faith in you. It doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter if you're answering the way that I think you should. God, I'm trusting in you that you're working all things out to my good because I'm chosen. Chosen. You love me. And my condition, my sickness, my disease doesn't change the way God feels about me. It doesn't change my position in heaven. My eternity is set. What happens on this earth is irrelevant. What happens to this body is irrelevant. My eternity is set. I'm going to get a new body. I'm going to get a new body. A glorified body. Without disease, without sickness. And this is... mm. And because I know this, because we can trust him, I love verse 35. And I pray that it seeps down into your soul. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or destitute? or in danger, or threatened with death, as the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed all the day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Overwhelming victory. And I'm convinced, I'm convinced, are you convinced? I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor demons, nor fears of today, or worries of tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from the love of God. No power in the sky above or on the earth below, not depression, not disease, not doubts. Indeed, nothing at all can separate us from the love of God that is revealed in our Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate us from his love. Just because bad things are happening doesn't mean that God's not good. Just because your life isn't lining up to what you think doesn't mean that God's not lining your life up. God is good. He's good. He's your friend. He's your friend. He loves you. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to trust him. That he's working all things to your good. Watch him pray. Don't fall into temptation. Don't be, don't walk away. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep seeking. Keep asking. Knowing he's working for our good keep asking keep seeking keep praying and be willing to say not my will but your will be done your will be done father i trust you 
I'm going to pray for this, but I trust you for the results. Amen.